Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Uh, lovely green hills here in Sunny Slope, but won't be that way too long. So if you're going to go out hiking, you better get out and enjoy it. The animals will be. Chuckawalla City. They'll be out happy just sitting on the rocks in the daylight today. Anyway, we've got some lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Terry in Phoenix, good morning. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? Enjoying the morning, Terry. Couldn't be any prettier. Uh Beautiful. Brian, question. We have a magnolia tree in our backyard, and someone told us that there's a product we could put on it to keep the leaves more moist. Not that I know of. Out. I mean, you could put wilt proof on it if it was uh, to hold some, retain some moisture in it, but it's not going to help it any. I mean, magnolias are some varieties that do quite well here, others don't fare as well. Uh, D.D. Blanchard's the best. It's a big one. It's got a leaf that's two tones, green and kind of bronze on the back. Uh, yes, that's what we have. Does it? Well, it could be a little gem too. A DD Blanchard's got a large leaf. Oh. A little gem's got a smaller leaf. Uh, DD, no, this has a large, a pretty, you know, pretty large leaf on it. It should really thrive and do pretty well here. You know, the first really big ones I brought in, I brought from Florida uh, three years ago. Whenever we had the August with the uh, you know 120 degree days, you know, yes, they sat there in the nursery parking lot and thrived. I was amazed that they would do that well, you know, on the concrete or on the asphalt. And uh, so the D.D. Blanchard variety does really well. I would, you know, just kind of keep it healthy. It'd be a good time to feed it, you know, and just to balance fertilizer like a citrus food. It'd be good. Okay. But I would. Okay, well, true. Well, thank you, Terry, for the call. Enjoy your day. You too, and thank you very much. Bye-bye. Oh, let's see. We're Josh in uh, Phoenix. Good morning, Josh. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Just wonderful. Uh, I have a, a tree, unfortunately, that has sooty cancer, uh, or a fight canker, and um going to have it removed. I guess the question is, is can I replant a new tree, or is the soil in that area damaged, and how would I treat that? Uh, what kind of tree is it? It was a ficus, about yeah. a... 30-year-old, 30-year-old. And, and it's pretty much succumbed to the heat in the city canker? Yeah, it was cut back from some uh, uh, tree guys here last week. And, I mean, we, there's just not a lot of foliage on the west side of it mm-hmm. where they're just susceptible that's going to probably get burnt again this year and uh, not not make it another year or so. Well, the west side of the it east side, probably the east side did. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's, it is. The east side, it is uh, rebloom. Uh, it's got a lot of green and foliage on it, and they cut away all the limbs that were were dead and such. So, how large in diameter is the trunk on it, Josh? Fourteen inches, sir. Okay. Um, I mean, you, you know, it'll, the tree will probably grow and come back. I mean, you could probably treat it and it will come back out. It's going to look unsightly for a while because it's got that one whole dead side on it. Uh, but as far as right. removing the tree and having the sooty canker bother another tree, it shouldn't be a problem. Okay. So then, uh, that's great news. I, didn't, I mean, uh, everyone was telling me that I had to probably just t- you know, take it out because um, the canker could transfer to another tree. Is that correct? Well, the, the plants, the can- if, if you're pruning from one tree to another, you can certainly spread city canker that way. 
Okay. You know, and, and really so, the reason why trees get infected with it is because of the stress from the heat and the sunburn. And uh, so right. in future years, just make sure if it's going to be that hot and you have a new tree in there, you make sure you keep it well watered and fertilized in the summertime when it's very hot. And ficus trees will generally thrive and not have a problem with it. But um, the other thing is with ficus, especially when they're young, you got to keep the canopy down low enough to shade and protect the trunk. Or if not, right. if it's going to be a high canopy, just go ahead and wrap the trunk so it doesn't sunburn right. until the canopy gets large enough. Awesome. Well, great news. Um, what would you recommend? Then you, you mentioned treating um, the canker. What what do you recommend for that? Well, well there's a there's a product called Monterey Disease Control. And okay. uh, basically, it's a bacteria that eats fungus, and sooty canker is a fungus. And so what you okay. do is do a foliar spray on the foliage of the tree and mix the liquid up and, and drench around the base of the tree. And uh, okay. we've had pretty good success with it. Then you want to fertilize, you know, and, and do everything you can to push out growth. Now, the ones, the west side, the scar, that wood's probably already dead. But it wouldn't be a bad plan if you're going to keep that tree to go ahead and wrap the thing. And you can wrap it with like a sheet or burlap. Um, okay. Or you can get like tree wrap, just wrap it from the ground to where the trunk branches start so it can protect itself. And if you're popping okay. any new buds and growth out on that side this spring, let them grow. Even if they're down lower, you know, let them grow lower right. than maybe where the canopy would be so it can come out and protect itself. But I've seen ficus trees that were, you know, basically cooked all on one side. And there's a beautiful one down on McDowell and about uh, on 7th Street, right about McDowell that we planted 40 years ago, that the whole one side of it was cooked. And you can't tell that tree at all now, and the tree's gorgeous. Okay, fantastic. And what was the name of that um, treatment again? I'm sorry. Monterey, like the city, um, you know, in California, where Clint sure. Eastwood was from, you know, where it was mayor okay. anyway, uh, disease control. <laughs> Monterey, okay, awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much, and I appreciate the uh, well, positive news. Oh, thanks, Josh. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, it looks like we have to get them in the right order. So we have Mr. Andy in Chandler. Hello. Hey, good morning, Brian. Morning, Andy. Hey, I have a question. Um, uh, Five-gallon, no, I'm sorry, 15-gallon avocado. It's still in the um, container. Mm -hmm. But all the leaves are turning, not all, most of them are turning dark brown on the tips. Okay, that could be too and much I'm, fertilizer. Okay, I haven't, I, I haven't fertilized them well, then uh, that, since yeah. I bought Okay, well, if you haven't fertilized them, that won't be the problem then. Um, avocados are really tricky here. We do sell some because people like to play with them. But uh, uh -huh. in general, they're going to do best like on an eastern exposure, okay, or else you can grow them in a container on a patio. And okay. um, they like, you know, our water right now is really good, Andy. So the water that we have coming in through the city right now uh, shouldn't bother them at all. They like to be a little more acidic. So you can add coffee grounds to them or soil sulfur, those kind of things, to keep them more acidic. And uh, okay. But usually when you get a burn on the tip of something like that, it might have gotten too dry one time or it might have had too much fertilizer. So if the fertilizer is eliminated, it might have just gotten too dry once. And uh, in a small okay. container, you have to keep them kind of on the wet side. Got it. All right. Well, I appreciate your help and I enjoy the show. Thanks, Andy. Bye-bye. Right. Uh, next up, we got Mr. Mike in Ahwatukee. After Mike, we got four open lines, all the same number to call, 602-277-5827. Uh, give Shira a call. You can be after Mike in the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Good morning, Michael. Hi. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for um, being part of the program. You know, it makes it a lot easier. I, you know, I don't really prepare anything for this show. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm very interested to, to get 
a, a um, thorny Mexican lime. Uh-huh. Because I, I want the lime tree for fruit. Okay. Um, do you sell, like, cuttings? Well, the, we we don't sell cuttings. We actually we sell trees. Um, but if you had a, a lime tree you wanted to graft and change over, you could do that. And the time to do the the budding would be in like late April or May, and um, April, mm-hmm. and that's when the tree is really okay. actively growing. Do you have a large tree you want to change? Is that what you're trying to do? Uh, it's only about five five to six feet high. Okay, so what and, would be a good plan um, for it right now, Mike? Time. Okay, what would be a good plan for it right now? It's just to cut it off, you know, below the head, cut all the cut all the growth off it, cut the whole top off it, and let yeah. it let it start to grow. How large in diameter is the trunk? Um, let's see, three inches. Okay, if it's that big, yeah, just cut it off down short. Okay, and let it regrow. And let it let a couple shoots come out of it, or one main shoot come out of it, and so that way, when it's time to bud. Uh, you can bud it, and uh, you can you know, just change the whole tree over and make it into a, a regular lime. And you'll you gain the advantage of having the rootstock. Now, the best way to do that, um, it's easier, you know, if we're going to change trees like in, in a grove, what we would do, we would leave the top center portion of the tree and cut all the branches off the side and let it, you know, come out and bud out down below that. And it'll come out a lot faster instead of cutting the whole trunk off if you'll leave a piece up on the top and then open up, if it's got any kind of wrap or protection on it, open it up so the sun can hit the trunk. And then wherever those lowest new buds come out, that's what we're going to graft into or actually bud into is the yeah. tr- proper term and uh, you want to get those up to about the size of a pencil or so before you bud it so if you cut the top way back right now okay don't really let that grow and uh, it's kind of a little big at three inches you know with a young tree what we do is we break Whoa. the tree but um, and to leave leave the other part hanging down and you could do that too if you want to you could just take and, and saw it through and leave about a half inch of it and just take the top and bend it over towards the ground. And uh, then it's going to bud right there where you cut it. And that'll give you a good place to bud to. That's awesome. I I also have a, a recommendation for uh, a large bush or a small tree uh, for fruit. Okay. And I, I've grown this one for several years. It is uh, uh, acerola or Barbados cherry. Mm-hmm. They do quite quite well in the heat. Yeah, and that's um, that, that's something not, we actually stock so now, nowadays, Mike. You know, it's a uh, bro for the last three or four years we've had the Barbados cherries. Oh, so that's good. so th- thanks for advertising um, for us. I, so. <laughs> cool. Makes an excellent jelly. Well, that's fine because I've never really eaten many of them, so it's, it's gl- good to hear that they're really useful and uh, and we do have them. Sounds like you have a buddy there hanging out with you. I'm at the dog park. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, a lot of buddies. Well, Michael, have a wonderful day. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. Uh, we're gonna take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a line open. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven for the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show here on Sundays from seven to nine at ninety two point three FM KTAR. This ain't Texas. Oh. Ain't no hold'em. Hey. So lay our cards down, 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 down. So pocket Lexus. And throw your keys up hey. Stick around, round, 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 round Stick around And I'll be damned if I can't slow dance with you Come close 
them sugar on me, honey, too. It's a real live boogie and a real live hold down. Don't be a bitch, come take it to the floor now. Woo! <laughs> There's a tornado. Dancing up there. She's got all the way up on top of the stool. She's got the microphone way up in the air there. Anyway, welcome back, folks. We do have a line available. Number to call from Miss Shira, 602-277-5827. Next up, we have uh, Susan and Gilbert. Hello, Susan. Hi there. How are you today? Joy in the morning. Me too. Hey, we have planted a young ficus tree in the fall so that it could get established until it gets hot and when we had some freezes we had it covered but about the top quarter of it got frozen and the the top looks dead Mm -hmm. it's about a foot worse and it's only about five feet tall okay do we just chop that off yeah just let it grow let it bud out first it'll bud out the next couple weeks and see what's going to come back Pardon? The dead part comes up. Well, the, the the dead part's dead. You know, we can't we can't we can't do thing and make the dead portion come back. But below that, somewhere, the wood's going to be green. If you wanted to go ahead and just cut it back to where you find green under the wood, if you take a sharp knife like a paring knife and just skin the bark until where the okay. bark is green, don't cut the green wood off, but just cut all the brown off. It'll pop right back out. Okay, yeah, because the the bottom three fourths of it is green and leafy and looks mm-hmm. fine. Well, it may put you may yep. be surprised it might put out some more buds higher than the portion that's you know frosted because it might have just frozen the leaves off and not killed the wood. Uh, so if you take like okay. a paring knife and just scr- scratch the wood, and uh, where the wood's green, cut it off to that point. Great. All right. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next we have Tricia and Gilbert. Good morning, Tricia. Hi, mine is almost the same question. I have an ash tree that was planted 18 months ago, and it did not fare well. It does not have one single solitary green leaf on it. Um, Well, Tricia, it depends on the variety of ash it is. Not all the ash have leafed out already. Really? Mm -hmm. So it may may be that if it's like a raywood ash or an Arizona ash of some of the varieties... It might not have okay. leafed out yet. So you just take a pen knife, just All like right. we were talking about, and, and scratch it. It's probably green, and the bud should be starting to swell. The raywoods probably aren't quite yet, but uh, they will I, here the next week or so. I I snapped off one of the little tiny branches, uh-huh. and, and it's, it's tan all the way through. Okay. Well, uh, scratch the bark and see where it's green. And um, in most ashes, now, if it was like a majestic beauty or shamal ash, it may have frozen. And uh, it will probably come back out from some point. It, how my, large? My, how, my majestic one 
half the size froze. Mm-hmm. So what do I do about that? Do I just just, pr- just pr- off? prune off the dead? Yeah, it'll come right back okay. out. Right. And your and your small right. one. So, how, how large is your small one? How big is the diameter of the trunk? Oh, um, six inches, eight inches. Oh, that's a pretty good size tree. So I'm sure the tree's alive. No, no, Maybe, I I probably said too. It's it's no bigger than a broom broom handle. Okay, so about one inch. So it's going to be alive somewhere. That's one inch. Yeah, well, that's not even an inch. That's three quarters of an inch. But, you know, I'm not going to say any off-color comments on the air. Okay, Tricia? I'm going to stay oh, out of trouble. That explains my life. <laughs> anyway, so it's, it's going to come out question. somewhere. And if you cut let if it, if it comes out down low and you grow it into a multiple trunk, it'll probably be real pretty. Okay, so I have one other question. Suppose mm-hmm. it is gone. Um, I I this time want to buy time. So okay. I would like to put in a tree that is green most of the time. Mm-hmm. Is there such a tree like that that would be? Well, the, the majestic of be- all the ashes is the most evergreen. If you're in a cold area in Gilbert, it can freeze. Uh, we sell an awful lot of red push pistache. And that tree will typically go and stay, you know, with with foliage in the colder parts of Gilbert till the middle of January, drop its leaves, and it's going to bud out here in the next week or so. Okay. Well, my ash, which is supposed to be a majestic ash, totally lost all its all its leaves. Well, they typically will in in December. Okay, a little okay. earlier, all and right. then they leaf back out early. They leaf back out in January. Okay. All right. Well, super good. Thank you very much. I have hope then. <laughs> well, yeah, come over and see us in Gilbert. We'll take good care of you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Have a great day. You yes. too. Bye-bye. Uh, Susan and Scottsdale. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. How are you? Enjoying the day. Okay. Uh, so I have a really basic question that you may have even already covered today or every day that you do this <laughs> show. but. Um, so it's a repetitive thing, but I don't know the answer, and I'd like to know. Um, how often and how long should I run our drip system in the summer? Well, it depends on where you live. Give me some cross streets for number one. Almost to carefree. Okay. So kind of granity soil? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's okay. Probably drains fairly fast. But if you're getting up there by the boulders and stuff, most of that's got a lot of granite in it, so it's going to drain pretty fast. Yeah. And do you yeah, have a pretty right pretty much a native desert kind of palette of plants? You have like Palo Verdes and Ironwoods, yeah. and okay. Yeah. So in yep. the in the winter time, you don't need to run it at all. You know. Okay. So and because we've had some rains, we're pretty good for probably right now. But uh, here, as things wake up in the next couple of weeks, um, you'd want to run your drip system probably once every two weeks to once a month for right now. But it depends okay. on how long we're going to run. It de- depends totally on the size emitters that we have. And I can't tell right. you that, but you can figure it out by simply taking one of your emitters and putting it into a quart jar and seeing how long it takes to fill that jar. And uh, for okay. watering bigger desert trees, we'd want to put on about 100 gallons of water when we water. And for okay. larger desert shrubs, probably 5 to 20, depending on their size. Okay. Okay. And there's so we're going to water them again here. You know, sometime in the next month, in the month of March, you water them. Probably water them again in April. Okay. And then again in May. And then when it gets hot, 
and hot when the nights are cool, like in early June, it's 105, and the nights are down in the 70s. That's not that hot. But what we want to be right. prepared for is if we have another July like last year, and if you want your trees to be their happiest in July when it's over 110 every day, you can water them once uh-huh. a week. Once a week, okay. Mm-hmm. And keep okay. that up unless we have a monsoon. If we have a monsoon, then you could go every two weeks again. And um, Yeah, that, that leads me to, look, I'm in and out of town a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, have you had any luck with the, the uh, kind of the Bluetooth? Um, oh, timers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, those are very reliable. A lot of people are installing those. They're becoming quite popular. Okay, I might look into that because then because I I do keep an eye on if I'm not in town I keep an eye on the if we've had a big rain I just like to I mean I, I don't see the point of watering if there's mm-hmm. just been an inch of rain so yeah I mean okay, that, that's well, all doable and you could even have a Bluetooth moisture meter that could tell you how much it rained at your house. Well, okay, that is a good call. Okay, I'll look into that. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Susan. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Mr. David in Phoenix. Hi, David. Hey, good morning, Brian. Thanks for your show. Haven't heard this question in a while, so I thought I better ask it for me. I have about an 800-square-foot, 25-year-old patch of Bermuda grass. What's mm-hmm. your thoughts on scalping, verticutting, fertilizing, et cetera? Well, if it's warm enough now, it's going to start to grow. If you want to aerate it, that would be a great time to do it. The aerator is just going to come cut the little plug holes in it. And, right. uh, and it's going to open it up, put down some soil sulfur and maybe some gypsum. And that's going to go and make the soil a little more acidic and help it drain better and then come back and fertilize it. And, you you know, you could use like a malargonite product, which will last longer, which is kind of an organic, slower way to feed. Or you could just use 21714 lawn fertilizer and uh, go ahead and feed it and stand back. But, you know, with the time before you aerate it, go ahead and cut it real short. I wouldn't scalp it like people do ryegrass. You know, I'd leave some of the runners and rhizomes there because you're going to aerate it and open it up anyway. Okay, I have one of these uh, lawn Joe machines that has uh, blades on it. That's like verticutting. Would that mm-hmm. be a good thing, or that take if, too yeah, much? Yeah, if of you it haven't done it, it's fine. Yeah, if you you know doing that, you know, once a year is not a problem. Anything you do to open it up, and make it drain, brother, you know, get it ready for the season's fine. Okay, and then what's your thoughts on uh, keeping the weeds out of the Bermuda because it's starting to get weeds in it? Well, what you'd probably want to do, you know, right now is go ahead. You could still put down a pre-emergent because what's going to happen, it's going to be slow growing and it's going to be wonderful weather for weeds. So if you want to not have any weeds in it for the season, go ahead and put a pre-emergent down um, and spot spray any weeds you have. And uh, with like a 2,4-D product, which won't hurt the Bermuda grass. And that should keep you from having the the summer weeds if you can get the lawn healthy enough by May. And the pre-emergent will last, you know, pretty much 90 days. But what you want to do is not put the the pre-emergent is going to be the last thing that goes on, right? Right with the fertilizer, okay? Okay, so fertilize and then spot treat and then the pre-emergent. Right, you got it. Okay, and what's a good pre-emergent? Well, pendimethalone is a pretty good, you know, active chemical. It's in pendulum and water cap and some different ones. And, uh, you know, that's one that does a pretty nice job. Thank you so much for your show, Brian, here at Every Day, every uh, weekend. Thanks Thanks for being part of it. And it looks like Mr. Barrett's here, so we're going to find out what's happening in the world. Uh, You can uh, give us a call during the break at 602-277-5827. We're here every Sunday morning with Shira on the phones and music, Troy on the news, and this old guy on the radio at the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. You know there's a light that glows by the front door. Don't forget the keys under the mat. 
Looks like the lines are full, so we'll get right to the phones. Next up, we have Andy in Phoenix. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Brett. How are you? Oh, it's, it can't be any prettier morning. There you go. Exactly. Hey, I got a uh, former. I'm a former landscape contractor, and uh, out of Michigan, and I have a property out here in uh, Carefree area, like a, a previous caller, and about three acres. And I'm looking to surround the property with uh, some pines, large pines. Uh-huh. Kind of wanted to get your opinion with uh, with what best uh, to use, what variety, watering schedule, and if that soil type is uh, going to make uh, make me have a success or not. Well, our, our two most popular pines here in the desert are Aleppo pines and Alderica pines, and one comes from Iran, one comes from Afghanistan. Everybody knows where Aleppo's at now, and uh, uh-huh. those are you know pretty hardy you know favorites here in the desert. Uh, they need good deep irrigation um, and not. Not real frequent, you know, pretty much in the heat of the summer when they're young, probably weekly, um, you know, if you're planting new ones like this year. And as they mm-hmm. mature, it'll be a lot less than that. When they're real mature, they can be watered once a month in the summertime and about once every two weeks in the heat of the summer. Um, oh. They both grow pretty fast, and uh, lepos aren't as commonly available, but we have, you know, either one available in a variety of sizes, and uh, they can make a big stream. Aleppo, and what was the other one? The Aleppo, the other one's an Elderica. It could also be called the Goldwater Pine here, an Afghan Pine. It's all the same thing. Got it. And what about, what would you recommend as far as planting size? Would you go for something larger? Well, I can, would love to do a 8 to 10 footers right away, but 
or should I go something smaller? No, that's kind of, you know, our pretty common, you know, size, something in that range. And, um, you know, that would be like a large 15 gallon or a 24 inch box and, and they'll grow, you know, they're going to put out a big spurt, spurt of growth here in the next month. And, uh, okay. either one of those, if they're healthy and happy can grow about three feet a year. Would you say the plant spring planting period coming up as soon yeah. as possible? Yeah, or I'd say, wait plant, till next no, fall? I'd say plant them here anytime in the spring right away because you're going to get the spring growth on them still. And yeah, uh, they don't great. grow, they don't candle as much in the summer, but they'll grow. If we get like a monsoon, they'll candle and yeah. grow pretty good again, you know, like in August. So we usually get a pretty big birch, you know, growth somewhere in March to April. And then about in August, we'll get another one. And, um, okay. unless you can plant, we can, you can plant them pretty much year round. And the one thing is, Andy, make sure you give them enough room because they're going to make fairly large trees. And even right. if you want a screen on them, you know, 20 feet apart is plenty close. And that soil condition out there, like you said, granity. Yeah, it's going to be fast rain. Fast That's why you're going to have to water them as much. I mean, if if they were in a heavier soil, you could water far less, but you water them that often out there. Excellent. Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a nice weekend. Thanks for being part of the program. Bye-bye. Uh, TJ and Mesa. Good morning, TJ. Good morning, Brian. Hey, I've got a new fig and a bonanza peach. Do I need to be concerned about sunburn on those? Uh, shouldn't be. They should be able to cover themselves over the next few weeks and, you know, be pretty well protected. Uh, both those, um, you know, will just branch out. The figs depends on what kind of shape you can grow a multiple trunk from the ground, or you can, you know, you can grow them up into a tree with more of a trunk on them. And usually the dwarf peaches are grown kind of as a bush where they start off, you know, close to the ground level and that way they protect themselves. Okay, so that's much more on the citrus, just to keep an eye on that. Or well, on the citrus, we need to wrap citrus. the trunks, you know, because we usually want to make sure that that grafted area is not going to grow any shoots. And most people want to keep their citrus, you know, somewhere about 18 inches to the bottom branch or maybe two feet. And uh, and we're doing that for a couple of reasons. One, the other thing is the citrus tend to fill and hang down a lot, too. And, and so will the fig, but uh, you might just keep it pruned up maybe two feet off the ground, and then they're easy to harvest. Okay, very good. Thank you. Thanks, TJ. Bye-bye. Uh, Charles and Mesa. Good morning, Charles. Hey, how are you? Good to hear you. Uh, quick question for you. Uh, I have about five uh, pots that are foot diameter. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe about three feet deep that I want to create a privacy screen for uh, to uh, protect uh, or to uh private off a um, mechanicals and garbage cans and so forth. If an eastern exposure uh, gets into the shade uh, probably by 1, 2 in the afternoon, uh, what would you recommend putting in there? We were thinking ficus or some kind of palm or you know something that'll kind of be around 5, 6 feet tall. Okay, so the, the, the opening of the pot's only a foot, and they're kind of a big vase shape? or uh, two, uh, 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 two foot. Oh, two foot. Uh, okay, so pretty good size. Okay, yeah, you got plenty of room. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you, know, you can do a lot of things. I mean, east side's really easy. One of my favorites would be a Miami Supreme Gardenia. And it's a gardenia oh, okay. that likes our salty soil and has a real nice flavor and smell smell to it so you won't smell the trash. And, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> but, and you can bring flowers inside and impress your partner. Um, but that oh. <laughs> that's a pretty plant that, that would do real well there, and it's easy to grow in a big pot. Uh, pygmy date palms, if that's what you like, would do fine, too. I mean, that would be an easy oh. plant to grow in a big pot like that, or a Mediterranean fan oh. palm. And uh, and uh, how tall does the, do the pygmies get? 
Well, they're not going to grow as fast in a container. Well, they can grow to about 10 feet, but oh, um, okay. they're not going to grow as fast okay. in a container, neither would a Mediterranean fan palm. And then if you wanted to, you could even grow a citrus in there. You know, so if you wanted to oh, grow like a Meyer lemon to just keep it kind of full and bushy, uh, it would do oh. really well in a pot that size. And whenever, whenever okay. you decide to plant, Charles, if you can use at least half native soil mixed with your potting soil, you'll use less okay. water and be less care. Yeah, we've got plenty of clay out here mm-hmm. in, uh, in Mesa. Yeah, so uh, just blend yeah. that clay about 50-50 with some potting soil and it'll come out real well. And as far as watering over the summer, uh, we have a drip system, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, with a clay, with a pot, you just have to do that more frequently? or Well, really not a lot more frequently if you'll mix that soil up and add the clay to it. So, you know, that yeah, way you yeah. can water once a week instead of every day. If you had a real light potting soil, you'd have to water a lot. But if you'll blend the clay with your potting soil so it retains more okay. moisture, you can be, you know, probably once a week unless it's over 110. Then maybe go twice okay. a week. Great, great. So a pygmy or a fan? Uh, palm or the type of gardenia was what type again? Miami Supreme. Miami Supreme. All right. And uh, my wife had asked about ficus. Uh, ficus, any- ficus would be fine. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, great, you can keep great. pruning a pot like that. They're going to want to get bigger, though, because you're saying you didn't want it to be so right. tall. I would just worry about right. the size, but, I mean, they would do well, and you can keep them pruned. I'll tell you, another really okay. hardy plant you could put in there, too, would be a fruitless olive. And a fruitless Ooh, olive right. you can keep pruned forever, and it'll take less water. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, we've got those. Those are great. Um, all right. Thanks for the suggestion. Certainly appreciate it. Always enjoy your show. Take care. Thanks, Charles. Bye-bye. Uh, Lois in Sun City. Good morning, Lois. Hi, I love your show. I have a about a 25 to 30 foot mesquite tree, and it's been treated for those grubs or boars or whatever by mm-hmm. the arborist. Okay. And uh, the last time they turned it was in August, and then this guy came out and he uh, drilled holes or whatever around the drip line and to treat it for the boars. And then they gave me this, uh, it's called Arbor Liquid Biofertilizer for All Trees. Mm-hmm. And it's seven uh, percent nitrogen. Okay. Well, I was looking up in the tree, and now it's getting uh, more of the sappy—not a whole lot, but a lot of the sappy syrup stuff. And I, I was treating it, or feeding it, or whatever every month. But it says stimulates growth, so I didn't do it after December. Um, and but it says maintains resistance to disease, and I'm just wondering if maybe I messed up when I didn't treat it. And no, Lois, January. that, that shouldn't be a problem. Uh, let me ask you about: is, is your sap kind of black sap that's just leaking out like where a crack is lower in the tree, or do you have various yeah. points in the tree where it's where it's leaking sap out of? Uh, there's a giant uh, limb up above, you know, mm-hmm. about about 25 feet up, and it's not; it's more of a reddish brownish color. Okay, and then. And it's not the the dark color. Okay. And then some of a little bit dripped on the driveway. It's a reddish brown sticky well, stuff. It, it, it can be yet. it can be one of two things. It could be slime flux disease, okay? Which that none of these things are gonna stop. And it's not lethal to the tree either, but it could bleed that out over long periods of time. Um, what I would recommend to you is you went to your local nursery or hardware store or whatever and picked up some Monterey disease control. And basically that's a um 
that one will help with the fungus on it. And then if you, with the slime flux, it'll slow it down at least. And then the other one that you would want to use if you wanted to treat for boars, if you think you have boars and it's like three or four different places that are bleeding out. And if it's more clear sap, um, you might have some flat-headed boars that didn't get killed when they treated it. And you could do that yourself by using a grub control. And Bayer makes a lot of these products that have an active ingredient of aminochloropid, okay? But what you'd probably want to do now is wait until after the tree blooms, let it go through its bloom cycle when it flowers, and then put that on. And uh, what that does, it goes up through the tree system and makes it toxic to the boars. But why we don't want to use it right now is because it may be toxic to bees. And bees really love the flowers on mesquites when they bloom, they make a lot of honey. So we don't want to put it on in the bloom cycle. We want to wait till it finishes blooming and put it on. Okay, so uh, so should I use that one, the one that they gave me? The one, to, the one uh, that they gave you right now is a fertilizer, it sounds like, and it's probably just a fertilizer, and that would be fine. Mesquite trees are just waking up, you know, and it's really not hot enough. I would wait until the days are consistently, you know, in the 80s, and then I would fertilize it because you're kind of kind of wasting it. You might just wash it away now before it ever gets used. So the tree is not quite active yet, and it takes some heat for mesquites to wake up. They grow the best when it's 110, but they'll grow fine after about 80, 85 degrees. So when you see the tree really start to leaf out and grow, that's when I would feed it. Okay, as far as that moderate disease control situation, should I wait to do that until... Probably, you probably should because, you know, what's going to happen, the tree's just not active, so it's somewhat dormant. And if it does, you know, it's going to be a, more of a problem as it gets active. And the tree's going to be able to systemically take up the chemicals a lot better when it's growing. It really can't do much until it's starting to put out a lot of new growth and flower and things. Okay. Okay, great. I love your show. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lois. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have three lines available. Number to call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Come gather around people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown Accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are changing Prophesize with your pen And keep your eyes wide The chance won't come again And don't speak too soon For the wheel's still in spin And there's no telling who that it's naming Was the loser now will be later to win For the times they are a-changing Senators, congressmen, please heed the call Don't stand in the doorway, don't lock up the hall For he that gets hurt will be he who has stalled The battle outside raging 
Listen, shake your windows and rattle your walls For the times they are changing It's just sterile. Now, history on that patch. Last year, I had numerous gopher right in that area. Uh-huh. And I did bury dog poop, thinking he wouldn't like the taste of that. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't seem to work too well. But anyway. I, I've heard of a lot of dog of gopher <laughs> cures, but that's that's the first one. So I've turned it over, I've fertilized it, I try to seed it in the fall. Not even weeds are growing in it. Did you try to grow ryegrass there in the fall? No. Okay. No, we, well, I got off the ryegrass this year. All right. Well, last year we got off the ryegrass. Well, Tom, Bermuda grass isn't going to grow till it's over 65 degrees from seed. So you might okay. even find out that your Bermuda grass comes up this spring. But, you know, what? if you really want to grow Bermuda grass back there, you could either patch a piece of sod, in, which won't probably match the rest of your yard, or wait until the nighttime temperature is 65 degrees. And when okay. it is that, just now, did you ever get rid of the gopher, Tom? Well, he's not back so far this year. I okay. mean, that little sucker just raised hell <laughs> over this whole place last year. But anyway, um, and I was going to poison him, but we have two rather large dogs that every once in a while think they got to chase him. Yeah, well, you could trap him, or you know, the, the, the right dogs will get him, but some dogs won't. Uh, we like the coyotes at the farm because they do eat their fair share of gophers. But anyway, you, you, you might you might even try just they don't get in my fence yard. You, you might you might even try the uh, bubble gum method. You know, you could put some sweet bubble gum in there. I and, did that. That okay. didn't work. That didn't work. Uh, have okay, you ever, have you ever seen Caddyshack? That didn't work. You know, Caddyshack. So. You can get them with a plastic explosive. That that always works. <laughs> but uh, anyway, Tom, uh, yeah, the, the, all the, there's several different kind of traps that do work pretty well. But anyway, I wouldn't worry about the gopher. But for the meantime, as we haven't seen him, maybe the dogs got him one morning and they swallowed him. At any rate, um, what I would do is go ahead and plant some seed, plant it again after the nighttime temperature, 65. So it's usually, we hope it's not till May. And uh, the seed should come right up then. Just throw a little mulch on it, keep it wet. I think you'll be fine. Okay. And I, in my thinking... Mm-hmm. And I may be wrong. I was thinking, if I overseed with Kentucky bluegrass, will that keep me green year-round? Only if you're in Kentucky. Only if I'm in Kentucky. It won't work out not, here? Not here, in the, not here in the low desert, no. It won't. Oh. It won't, it won't work here at all. So okay. it'll work for it'll work for the winter, but it won't work in the summertime. Anyway, regular Bermuda grass will be fine. I would just wait and see it. But it's got to be warm enough at night. Okay. Hey, thank you, Bruce. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. Hey, I'm hey, Brian, by the way, Tom. In Arizona, but, you, don't but, we? You, but you can call me Bruce. I've been called worse. <laughs> this is Brian. <laughs> okay. Bye, Tom. Take Bye. Care. Well, folks, it looks like it's time we're going to have to say goodbye. Veronica and Surprise and Michelle and Maricopa, we will take you both off the air. We wouldn't want to wouldn't want to miss the opportunity to speak with you today. Hope you're enjoying the program, folks, and uh, enjoying each other. You know, we live here in a beautiful country, the most wonderful country in the world with all different kinds of rights, you know, and a lot of freedoms that other people don't share. You know, we have a lot of people wanting to be in this country and come across the border, you know, most of them to share probably the lifestyle that we enjoy and uh, how we maintain it and how we love
love and respect each other will kind of set the, the the future for our country and how we act and, and how we treat the other people that come in are less fortunate. It makes a huge difference. You know, this is the country with freedom from religion and of religion. You know, both ways we like to support and love everyone. We have lots of difference of opinion, and that's fantastic, but we need to always respect the opinions of others and go out and love somebody and be real kind to somebody who thinks a little different than you, and you'll probably have a really fun day. Come out and see us at the nursery and enjoy this beautiful weather, and we are very, 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 very specially endowed to be here in this wonderful country, and hopefully you can enjoy it and share it with others. Be back with you next Sunday, and hope you enjoyed the program. Bye.